Welcome to Device Casting Couch, Season 1, Episode 16. Today we're going to be talking about EasyJet getting hacked, ransomware is evolving, and Ukrainian busted for selling info on the dark web. I am Ryan, and joining me is Aaron and John. How you guys doing today? Hello. I'm uh, doing okay. Yeah? It's good to hear. Uh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John, you want to start us off? Yeah, we can talk about how the Ukrainian police arrested a hacker who made headlines uh, last year in January who apparently was posting a massive database containing somewhere uh, about 773 million stolen email addresses, uh, 21 million unique plain text passwords, and uh, these were all for sale on uh, underground hacking form, it says. So the Secret Service of Ukraine identified this hacker by a pseudonym, uh, Sanix. S-A-N-I-X. Hmm. He was a resident of some city in Ukraine. I can't pronounce. So I'm just going to put it in the description below. But they did not actually reveal his identity. So when they uh, raided this dude, they found this 87 gigabyte database labeled the largest array of stolen data in history. But apparently this is just a fraction of what he had. Uh, when the authorities were actually raiding him, they found six other similar databases with passwords and um, all of it totaled terabytes in size, which included like billions of phone numbers, payment card details, social security numbers, Jeez. all kinds of stuff. So was was he hacking this or did he like get it from? It didn't say else? where he got it from. Um, okay, they so, haven't released that? Yeah, not not in the article I was reading. Okay. Um, but they said he got all, all kinds of other stuff like... Crypto car, uh, cryptocurrency like e-wallets, bank card pins, PayPal accounts, all kinds of stuff. And then information about computers so he can create a botnet to launch like a, a DDoS attack. But he was only selling this stuff for like $45 to $65 for lifetime access to these databases. So I was like, you know, that's not that's not too bad. I might have to go find it, you know. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. I don't um, know if you want to give me your info. But yeah. <laughs> But so once they raided his house, they sold his computers to two terabytes of stolen information, phones with evidence of illegal activities. They found more than $10,000 in cash from these illegal transactions. So it's only about $7,000 and then another $3,000 in actual U.S. cash. And they say that he's um, facing about eight years in prison for unauthorized interference with computers and unauthorized sale or dissemination of information. Only eight years? Yeah. Jeez. But Man, I was about to say, like, you know how hard it is to find, like, a password database that's, like, truly plain text, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of these password yeah. databases come, like, at least, like, in SHA-1 format or something like that. Yeah, MD5 hash or something. Yeah, something like, I wish I could get one that's just plain text, you ain't gotta do nothing, and just run it in. And he's oh, got yeah? databases? Man, how much you <laughs> want for it? That's what I was saying. I was like, look, I want to pay $45. Where you at? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> we do not condone this. <laughs> yeah, it was bad way he did, you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, was it? He don't sound too sorry. But if you want to hit me up, <laughs> contact the device casting couch at outlook.com. Oh, my goodness. We're not on Outlook. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> you got anything else on that topic oh uh, no that's about it i was just it was just crazy you see the picture they got all this cash laid out and everything it looked like a drug bus got his phones and everything <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh, well on the same uh kind of vein of illegal activity online um i have an article about ransomware there's this uh hacking group called ragnor locker uh and basically the way that they're 
um, advancing their their way to hack computers with ransomware is so you get the phishing email or you go to the phishing site, however you get infected, right? It actually installs a virtual box on your machine and then creates a Windows XP virtual machine so that your antivirus and um, your computer doesn't notice anything fishy going on. It just runs it in the background, creates the the uh, Windows XP virtual machine, and then shares all your drives with that virtual machine, and then encrypts all your drives through there and seals all your data. <laughs> and well, uh, yeah, go ahead. So you're saying it, it transfers the data to the virtual machine and then encrypts it there? No, no, no. It shares all your stuff, right, to the virtual machine, yeah. steals all your data from the share, and then gets into your machine and locks everything down before your... Uh, your antivirus can like block anything because it doesn't see it as a it doesn't see it as a malicious content right it's just your virtual machine accessing your your drives so it doesn't catch it i just wonder who's got enough stuff on their computer to where they don't notice so if i had one on my laptop i'd definitely notice there's a virtual machine running like i mean would you though if it's all in the background my laptop's not that great okay well, <laughs> i don't know okay i don't okay. know if I mean, you notice, yeah. man. <laughs> i mean like if it was on my desktop maybe i would notice but like I feel like if it was all my laptop, like it would be slow as butt crack. Like I mean, I don't it, know. I'm saying I have Task Manager open all the time, so anytime I see something fishy, I gotta Google it. And be like, hey, what's this? What's this back here? I mean, yeah, no, that's true. But I mean, for the average person though, that's just like dinking around on their you know laptop playing Minecraft or whatever, you probably wouldn't notice it. But they said that uh, one way to counteract this is to uh, actually have an antivirus who has ransomware protection because it protects your your system files. Or an easy and free way to do it as well, um, if you you know just have the bare bones, is to activate Windows 10 controlled folder access, uh, which is in the uh, Windows Defender. And that just basically locks down all of your system uh, files so that they can't be changed or altered or copied and that sort of thing. Um, so that, that is one way to, uh, to get around it and deter it. Um, you can also, if you want to, you, know, you can check your, uh, your virtual logs and make sure there's no giant files being written because um, apparently it leaves behind these huge uh, text files. Mm-hmm. So they said you can also look for that. If you see any of those, then you should probably scan your computer or you know do a refresh or something like that to get rid of it. But uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. That's definitely something new I haven't seen before. Um, installing a freaking virtual box and then a virtual machine to, to grab your stuff. Yeah. So Ryan, um, would you want to elaborate on how to refresh a machine? You mentioned uh, if you do a refresh, you can get rid of it. Yeah, so if you boot into uh, Windows Recovery Mode, um, you can refresh from there. Um, or if you want a complete reinstall of Windows, you can also go to the um, get the ISO file from uh, Microsoft um, or elsewhere. I would definitely say get it from Microsoft. Um, and oh, you can so just... this is different than just going into like Chrome and clicking the little button? Yes, this is different than F5. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when I say Windows refresh, I mean reinstalling the operating I, system. I just want to make sure our <laughs> listeners understood uh, what you were talking about. No, I understand. About. That, that's a good point. Um, not a lot of people know uh, the terminology of a refresh. Uh, but yeah, you can you can reinstall the, um, the OS by yourself. It, it's really not that hard. Uh, Microsoft has a bunch of um, uh, articles on how to do it. There's all kinds of YouTube videos on it as well. Uh, takes anywhere from like 10 to 20 minutes and you can choose to keep uh, some of your old files as well although if you're infected with something obviously you probably want to get rid of it uh, completely but yeah so yeah you can do that if you think you're infected um, or just have a good uh, antivirus that has ransomware protection you should be good thermite work i mean if you 
if you want to. <laughs> if you want to go I full mean, full Snowden, yeah, you can do it that way. <laughs> I'm saying for most users, though, they shouldn't even need virtualization support at all. Like, I'm unaware of Windows yeah. actually requiring virtualization support to be enabled even to run the virtual, like, LSA boxes. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, if you don't need it, just turn it off. Just don't use it. Yeah, this is true. Although I'm not sure if the uh, if the virus can, because obviously if you're on your, your user account, right, and it has admin permissions, I don't know if it can turn on certain services. I'm not sure. Well, I'm assuming usually it's can. in the BIOS is yeah, what uh, Aaron's talking yeah. about. He's talking about oh, the actual gotcha, hardware gotcha. support for virtualization. Uh, who, like I was saying, like, he, you could do it through the features, which is what Ryan's talking about, you mm-hmm. know, where you where you turn it on and off. That way you could have Hyper-V or virtualization support. Um, but like he, like John was saying, you can also turn it off in the BIOS. Correct. Um, yeah. Which is what I would recommend because, like, on my my smaller laptop, my little tablet, I don't have virtualization on because I just don't need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's true. An and I, I believe it's by default it's off. Correct. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's it really off depends. Most laptops. Okay. I know on mine it was it was off. Most most computers that I've that I've seen it's off by default, and you have to go into yeah. the BIOS to enable it. Um, um, both the mod it was off. Yeah. Well, and you can do some virtualization even with the virtualization stuff uh, disabled. So I'd have to look into it and see what all is required. I know you you lose different features. Um, oh, gotcha. Okay. Either way, just have a good antivirus that has ransomware protection. Um, I believe uh, I believe BitLocker does, um, or not BitLocker, BitDefender, and uh, I think uh, Avast does as well. Or just don't go to websites. You're not. Hey, what about McAfee? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Freaking McAfee. McAfee is the ransomware. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> it is it's, the ransomware. It's kind of trash. <laughs> Have you seen his videos lie. talk about how to uninstall it? Oh my god. Oh my goodness. And Dude, he's like would... pretending to do coke and everything. Goodness gracious. I think we talked about this last time, actually. Oh, did we? <laughs> I think so. I've been a little obsessed with McAfee lately, so. Goodness. <laughs> Uh, oh, and I looked up the actual pronunciation, and I think it is McAfee, actually. I thought, it, I, I've been correcting people for, like, years, and I was like, oh, it's McAfee. Like, look out the way it's freaking spelled. Like, you're an idiot. And I looked it up, and they're like, well, he pronounces his last name as McAfee, so pretty sure it's McAfee antivirus. But yeah, it's uh, looking at the, the newest antivirus, like, reviews and stuff like that, the tests that are done, McAfee doesn't do, uh, or McAfee <laughs> doesn't do too well. They let Intel buy it, so there's your yeah, problem. Yeah, that was probably their first mistake. Should have let AMD buy it. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I got a. So there's a British airline, EasyJet. They suffered a data breach that exposed nine million customer uh, information out there. So the the EasyJet admitted today that the company has fallen victim to a cyber attack, which it said was highly sophisticated, apparently exposing email addresses, and travel details of around 9 million of its customers. Um, In the official statement, EasyJet confirmed 9 million people were affected and that a small subset, about 2,000 of them, also had credit card details stolen, but there was no passport details included. They didn't disclose how the breach happened. It just claims that it was sophisticated and an unauthorized manner that they use to gain access. I would assume it's unauthorized. (laughs) I'm just saying what it's saying. So it's not an insider's manner. Yeah, so so <laughs> EasyJet did say that they have closed off how the uh, intruder got in 
and that they're going to be contacting individuals, especially the ones with the credit card details that were stolen. Mm. And they, they just urge customers to uh, remain extra vigilant, especially they think it's um, because of the whole COVID-19. They think that part of this breach is to get more information to do more targeted phishing attacks. Mm. So they're just saying remain vigilant. Make sure if you get any suspicious emails, you know. Uh, don't click it. It says affected customers will be notified on May 26. This brings up a, this brings up a question, and I don't, I don't mean to to cut you off, uh, John. But do you guys think it's I guess ethical because uh, like every country is freaking hacking each other right now for like virus info and vaccines and stuff like that. Do you think it's ethical for like Vietnam when they tried to hack into? like Wuhan officials emails to get info on like what actually happened. Do you think that that's ethical or not? Cause I'm in a little bit of a dilemma here. I don't know if I agree with that or not. You talking so. about nation states hacking each other. Yeah. But like specifically with this, like to, to find out, cause obviously China's, you know, they, they're throwing up a huge, uh, like smear campaign of it wasn't their fault. It's all the people coming in, all that stuff. We talked about that in previous episodes, but like, do you think it would be ethical or I guess the right choice to, um, hack into their systems to see what actually is going on or to try to get more info. Yeah, China deserves everything they're going to get. Like, <laughs> okay. Come on, come, come on now. Like, I mean, I, no, I, they, I, I'm it, not disagreeing or agreeing. I'm just, I just wanted to get your guys' uh, input on that because I, I can see both sides. Like, yes, if they are hiding stuff, like, we should hack them because we, we should know what's going on and we need to know the truth so we can better protect ourselves in the future. Um, and also expose China if they're doing something wrong. However, is that our place to, or anyone's place, specifically uh, like when Vietnam tried to hack them, um, is it their place to to try to get into a system that obviously it's illegal to hack them that way? Um, is that like the right thing to do or the right call? I mean, I found hacking to be like, did you hack me? And it's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I mean, that's basically what Vietnam did. <laughs> I mean, um, but... So well, China's been like, hacking people for years. They're, they're, they're advanced persistent threat, their APT or whatever. They have yep. these huge like uh, hacking groups that go after tons of people. They're, they've been stealing secrets from everyone. China's the biggest offender. I, I don't necessarily see a problem um, as, as long as it doesn't escalate into like warfare. It, it's just some it's just like cold war level stuff with spying and espionage you know there's mm -hmm. getting information not that i would like but i don't i don't necessarily see it as a bad thing i guess so you don't you don't condone it but you don't see an issue with it yeah okay that's fair yeah that, that's kind of the the boat that i was in because i was reading um i was gonna write a whole story on all the hacking that was going on until i realized that there was a ton of info and there's there's countries emerging now that we never even thought of before as having the capability to have state-sponsored state hacking. And they're even emerging and trying to, to get into people's systems now, um, regardless of, you know, whether it's for vaccines or just to take advantage of the situation. Um, but like Nigeria now has a, like a state, uh, state-sponsored hacking group. Um, oh, yeah. They're a little Is more... the prince going to give me some money? <laughs> <laughs> they're a little more rudimentary because they don't really have the funding or, or the training, but it's a lot of like social engineering um, mm. trying to get into people's email accounts and like bank accounts and stuff like that to get info. So I, I don't know. I just thought it was, it was a extremely interesting and definitely new concept that all these countries are now, uh, looking into kind of the, the cyberspace to, to have these state sponsored, uh, hacking groups. But I thought it was pretty interesting. I think, I think the question really comes is, is do you believe it's okay for nation states to quote unquote attack each other? The answer to that question mm -hmm. 
in my opinion, is no. Mm-hmm. But I have to look at that through the lens of they're doing it to us. So we can't stand on our moral high ground all day. Like eventually we got to come down from there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think China's getting getting what they deserve because they hack our companies all the time to steal intellectual yeah. data. So no, that's true. Or intellectual property. So, I mean, they're not going to tell us the truth anyway. So I, I don't know. <laughs> In no way is this EasyJet article talking that uh, China was associated with. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, it just yeah, yeah. it just made me think of that, and I was I, don't know, I just thought it was interesting. No, that was definitely a, a criminal uh, <laughs> criminal activity. Not us. Doesn't seem like it's Saint sponsored, anyways. Possibly, possibly. You possibly. never know. You never know. I was gonna say with EasyJet, is there any uh, lawsuit that's currently out with the article mentions any type of uh, anything going on, or just like sorry guys. Whoops. Kind of like Capital uh, One. No, the, the article doesn't <laughs> mention any lawsuit against EasyJet or anything. There probably will be. Yeah, I mean, I assume there will be something well, coming for damages. One of their statements was saying that, you know, um, that they take cybersecurity very uh, very seriously, but because it's ever-evolving, that it, it's just hard to protect against these more sophisticated attacks. That's what the chief executive mm-hmm. officer Officer uh, Johan Lund- Lundgren or something. I don't know how to pronounce that. Johan Lundgren. What a, what a <laughs> and I, I, I see what they're name. saying. What's up? I, I like that name. That's such a very European name. Johan. <laughs> it's just so Lundgren. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, it's a very European name. <laughs> it's like Sir like Archibald. <laughs> yes. Sounds like he drinks his cup of tea and goes to bed. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I had another uh, little small article here. Actually, just kind of a, a side note. Back in October 2018, uh, Microsoft actually included a network sniffer into one of their updates. And they didn't make a big deal about it and didn't tell anyone about it. And <laughs> apparently now people are starting to find it. And I tried it out um, yesterday and it actually works pretty well. Uh, works just like Wireshark. It doesn't have a lot of the usability um, of other like network sniffers. However, you can convert the uh, the files, the output files, uh, to PCAPNG, so it can be used in Wireshark if you want. Because it doesn't have like the coloration and stuff like that, like pre uh, pre configured in um, in the Microsoft network sniffer. Um, so you kind of have to do that yourself. But it's a very basic network sniffer that it works pretty well. Uh, the file name is pktmon.exe. It's found in the System32 uh, folder. And yeah, I don't know. I just thought I'd plug that. It, it seems uh, seems to work pretty well. I ran it last night. It gathers oh. basic information. Um, so you can just have it running in the background. You just start it with a, uh, you start it with a PowerShell command. Um, and you can you can convert the, the, PK, uh, the, the files into uh, pcapng for Wireshark through everything through the PowerShell commands. Um, yeah, it's just, so it's super easy to use network sniffer to see what's going on in your network. But I thought that was, uh, that was pretty interesting. Oh, what's that. it called again? PKT? PKTMON.exe. M-O-N. monitor. M-O-N. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's found in your system 32. And I don't know, I thought it was crazy that they just added this in the update and just didn't say anything about it. Um, they didn't, they didn't say it was a feature. They didn't say it was something new. They just kind of slipped it in with the update and then just left it there. It's pretty interesting yeah i thought i thought it was pretty cool so if you want to mess around with a super like basic uh network sniffer and just kind of get familiar with how it works um super easy to start there obviously you can still use wireshark and all that stuff they have a lot more usability they've been around for longer um they have more intricate like coloring schemes and info and stuff like that but if you just want to see what's going in and out of your network 
Um, it's a pretty easy way to to see that. So I thought I'd just throw that out there, see if people want to play around with it. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem, John. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the feedback. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, if you guys don't have anything else, I was going to talk about a, a new jailbreaking tool that came out. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so apparently there's a there's a new iPhone and iPad uh, jailbreak tool, and it's the first like actual zero day bug for a long time. A lot of the times, uh, these jailbreakers will look at the iOS beta versions mm-hmm. and see what Apple patched and try to make something uh, before the beta becomes official. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so the people behind this, uh, the hacking team behind the Uncovered Jailbreak, they released a new version, and they've tested it amongst a wide variety of iPhones, from everything from the iPhone 6X, the 6S, to the iPhone 11 Pro Max models. So everything from iOS 11 to 13.5 it should be able to be jailbreaked with this. Um, they hmm. said it utilizes a native system sandbox exception, but that security, the security will remain intact while the jailbreak happens. So it shouldn't be any problem, but uh, it, it does come out. It is actually pretty exciting. I think I might use it on my phone. Hmm. You know, that that is pretty interesting because I I always remember years back you always had to wait until like a new hacking or a new uh, jailbreak yeah. was available, and like it didn't always work. And it would break your phone, and or um, if you had too new of a model, like there was nothing available for it because they had to like reverse engineer everything. Um, so that's really interesting. That they they're starting to uh, come up. Well, it depends on how they find the jailbreak uh, because some of it was, um, I know this is back in the day, like iOS four, mm-hmm. but some of it was like a hardware exploit. So when the new phone came out, it wouldn't work. But oh. um, some of them, if they're actual like iOS exploits, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter what phone you have. It can true. span yeah, across true. the different models. And, and that's what this one looks like. It looks like it's, it's a vulnerability in how iOS does their sandbox exceptions. Um, mm-hmm. With that, they can do a jailbreak that works on, like I said, from the iPhone 6S to mm-hmm. the iPhone, was it the 11 Pro Max? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know they had a... A Pro Max, but yeah, whatever. that's the newest one out. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, so it looks pretty interesting, and it didn't look too difficult. I went on their website that they have instructions. It looks pretty simple as long as you can read. It doesn't look like it'll break your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know, and if you're all about getting full control of your device and sticking it to the man, this is a good way to do that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the, the ever elusive man. <laughs> Oh my word. Just a word of warning. If you do jailbreak your phone, it is not covered by warranty anymore. Apple has made that very clear. Can you, does it say whether you can reverse it once you jailbreak? I mean, usually you can, but I don't know with this new one. You should be able to, you just have to restore your device from my understanding. Um, Okay. Because it says it doesn't it doesn't prevent your device from like getting updates or anything like that. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. So if an update does come out, you'll have to make sure you disable like automatic updates if you want to retain your, um, uh, gotcha. your jailbreak. Okay. And okay. Yeah. It's just like, like the, just like the old days. Okay. Well, yeah, just a word of warning to anyone. If you are going to send it in for repair or anything like that, just make sure you restore it. Make sure it's the current, uh, iOS non jailbroke version. Uh, cause Apple, Apple will get mad. <laughs> <laughs> cause I remember that was a big problem back in the day when people's phones were getting bricks by trying to jailbreak them and they were sending them into Apple and Apple was like, <laughs> we no lo- longer recognize yeah. you own this device <laughs> like the black rain or green rain exploits mm-hmm. and all that. yeah exactly 
But yeah, just a word of warning. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a foolproof way. Or Apple could, you know, just uh, open up their devices. But you know. Well, it's interesting because Google makes it a lot easier to root their phones. Yeah. Than Apple, and I, and I get that it, it is a security thing, I guess. But um. I mean, it is. But to what extent are you going to go to? Like, if someone owns the phone and they want to jailbreak it, why why should you stop them from doing that? Like, I don't I don't get why you would limit people from using their phone using their device that they own to its full potential if they want to if they choose to right like if they don't choose to whatever but like if they want to why would you say no it doesn't make any sense but anyway that's that's just my opinion well you guys got anything else negative <laughs> all right well uh i guess that about wraps it up so we'll uh <laughs> we'll see you guys later bye